For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game numbers and stats. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick, 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 this the, the real deal. And you know I got a shout out to Buffalo Bills. Turn it up to the max. Sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let go. Hey, what is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network and is being served up to you live by Picasso's Pizza on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast network. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza. Shipping local and nationwide. Order online, picassospizza.net. I'm your host, Colt Schroeder. This is your first time uh, checking out the show. Thanks for stopping by. If you're already part of the Nerd Mafia, welcome home. Super stoked. Uh, obviously, I think most of you that were around know that I was uh, out in town for the game. Got to meet a bunch of you last week. Was an absolute honor to hang out and be around the Mafia, doing all the events. Of course, the Mafia showed out to all the Rumblings events that Jay Spence, Joe Miller, and everybody put on all weekend. So it was a pleasure meeting a bunch of you guys. Richard was out there, got to meet a bunch of the other guys that are part of the crew and some of the other networks. So it was a blast being at home. Obviously, it was a phenomenal game to watch and be a part of, and the whole weekend was just phenomenal top to bottom. So I, I, I pretty much was like, when I walked out there for the home opener, you know, you woke up, it was dumping rain, you know, like, oh snap, it's going to be pouring rain all day. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. Beautiful out there by noon out the mud lot. Everything was gorgeous. Just a beautiful, beautiful night to watch the Buffalo bills. Dominate. Dominate the Tennessee Titans. I mean, I don't really want to say I, I called it or anything, but I said 42 to nine. I mean, 41 to seven, pretty damn close, but we annihilated those fools just like we were supposed to. And it was just an incredible scene to be a part of. And there were some things to come out of that that are going to hurt us potentially moving into this week, but we're not getting negative before we dive into everything. You know, it was a phenomenal showing by the bills. We did everything that we wanted to do. 
I mean, we sat our guys down at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. The end of the third quarter. <laughs> whooping. That is a whooping. I don't care what you have to say. Blah, blah, blah. Luan gets hurt. Blah, blah, blah. I do not care. We annihilated that football team. It was awesome. So, like we do every week, I, I don't want to hammer too much on that game because we got a ton to talk about. The Finns are, the Finns are awesome now, um, so we got to chat about that. We're going to break down the game. We're going to get into a lot of different things. But before we get into all that stuff, we do like to highlight a charity every week on the show. So this week, we are going to highlight my my sponsor charity for the entire year. Um, if you guys head over to the buffalonerd.com, you'll see that I have them highlighted on my main page over there. Uh, today, I'd like to highlight the Cerebral Palsy Alliance. Um, so basically, very cool organization. I think most of you that follow the show know that, you know, I have a son that has cerebral palsy. Um, and this is a, just a phenomenal organization that's doing a lot of great things, you know, for folks out there and everything like that. So um, very cool. You check them over at out at they're at cparf.org that's c-p-a-r-f.org um they do research they do everything that you could possibly imagine to help out folks with cerebral palsy just an incredible organization um you know just somebody that i definitely uh, like to shout out on every opportunity that i have um and well that's i have the opportunity so go over there and check them out if you can so i got richard rush in the house what's up richard thanks for being here sir pleasure meeting you daniel go bills what's up man total domination titans are now dwarves i love it daniel was here last week as well as richard and we had a deep conversation kind of about what we were anticipating to come out of this game so just very very cool to see what we did there i thought um, i was highlighting last week that i hope we just continue to do what we like to do i think we came out we did that um stefan diggs looked phenomenal obviously we were without without gabe davis and a few other players and we suffered some major major injuries there so i do want to kind of uh, kind of segue into that as we get into this next piece here and just talk about the injuries a little bit, because obviously the Dane Jackson was, was the huge one by all accounts. Uh, he's out been moving, but just to show the actual injury report as of today, if not everybody has seen it, we'll just quickly kind of scour down through this thing real quick. Gabe Davis, um, all reports are saying that he is going to, in fact, be ready to go. He says he's going to be ready to go. Uh, I don't know if you've seen some of the videos coming out of uh, practices and stuff today. I'm not so sure that he's going to be going. Um, he doesn't look that quick uh, and it looks like he might still be a little tender. Obviously we've got a couple more days, um, but we'll see on that. He might just be up there as potentially something like a decoy. Uh, Gilliam got the full practice. Micah Hyde, this one's turning concerning um, reports are that he's getting a second opinion on this neck. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't really want to like, you know, kind of say like that there's going to be some major issue here. But to me, if he's getting a second opinion on it, either one, uh, he doesn't like the initial prognosis, which could mean he's going to be out for a while or uh, potentially some other things like that. I know you guys let me know in the chat there on um, what you think. It looks like we've also got, let's see, we'll just cruise through the rest of these guys. Dane, De De Dane Jackson, uh, he did not practice um, wearing the red jersey, but present. Uh, looks like Dawson Knox was limited. We got Cam Lewis back full, Milano back full. Mitch Morris, Ed Oliver, both limited. Jordan Phillips did not practice. Uh, Jordan Poyer didn't practice. And then Tim Settle was, you know, he was up and uh, he was limited today. So uh, just a couple of those that I kind of want to touch on real, real quick is the Poyer one, I think is just purely rest because now we really have to pay attention to what we're doing him. If Hyde is going to potentially be a long-term problem. Um, if that, 
if that does find its way to be the case, then yes, we're going to see Poyer getting rest all throughout the season here. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, um, but let's see real quick. What do we got here? After Milano's pick six, teams put the backups after that are basically preseason game. Yep, I agree, Daniel, very much. Yeah, Dan, I got Richards in here. You know, the injuries are starting to worry me. I, I'm, I'm a little concerned about this as well. Um, I, you see Jordan Phillips is on there, but you did see today that both Settle and Oliver were back active and moving. Um, I do believe that we might potentially see those two guys make their way back this week. Um, but, you know, it was a lot to ask Phillips to kind of pick up the slack of all that, those guys. And as much as we dominated that game, um, I Corey Brewer, it, it just wasn't as good, obviously. I mean, he's our third string guy, right? So if we can get those two guys and settle and Oliver back in the rotation, I'll feel a lot more comfortable about um, what we're going to be doing this week. But uh, besides that, the Poyer one, I think, is just purely we're just kind of giving him the space. You know, Milano's back full. Mitch Morris, he left with the elbow. He came out. He came back. So I don't think that that's going to be a big ordeal. But really, the the big, big hanger is going to be this Micah Hyde situation. Um, you know, Jackson came in for a bit of that game, but you know, obviously it was well out of hand. Um, and this is going to be a completely different wide receiver crew that we're facing this week. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. We've obviously got about, you know, a couple, couple guys, you know, that we're going to have to wait and see still here. Right. You know, obviously we're not getting everything right now, but yeah, I mean, obviously I agree with Daniel here. I mean, the hope is that Poyer is at least going to be playing because if he's not playing, then we're looking at a lot of new, new kind of guys up there at the front side of this. Right. So I, I I just, I agree with this. There's some lingering concern here, but I do want us to kind of step back and just think to ourselves that, you know, just a week ago or two weeks ago, we were talking about how built this team was. Right. So this is perfect. I mean, ultimately we don't want these injuries. We don't want all these negative things happening, but this is going to be a good test. I mean, it's only week three. I mean, if you, God forbid you have to take a loss in week three because of injuries, there's a long season left. Now, granted, if Micah Hyde is out long-term on this, or there's potential for him to be out long-term on this, that's concerning, right? Because the safety net has always been having Hyde and Poyer back there. So for me, that's, that's concerning. I don't, I don't think there's any way that you can pretend that it's going to be okay. Right. Like, or that you're not worried about that because the back end is always been Hyde and Poyer. We've had to rotate a guy occasionally, you know, like every once in a while, one of these guys has to step in, but realistically for the past five, five seasons now, is it it's four or five seasons now, these guys have been in the lineup back there, just continuing to progress, you know? So, but on the flip side of this, I, I, I like that Jessica, Jessica, thanks for joining the show. She's chiming in at Richard that the offense is selling for the most part, especially the line. So there is a silver lining here to this. And it is in fact, the other side of the ball that we still do have our offense, right? And our offense so far has looked very good. Uh, very few injuries on that side of the ball. Everything is looking really good on that side of the ball. So if you have to go out there and just rely on the offense, to be able to just continue to produce. I, I don't think that we're not in a position that we could do that. Right. I, I would agree with Jessica in that regard that this offense should potentially be able to carry us. Now, I know some people are going to be like, okay, well, look what the Dolphins did last week. Um, you know, like, sure, whatever. To me, that's just a total letdown by Baltimore. I, I, I watched some of those plays. I went back and watched some of that. Uh, like, Hill's running alone. Right. Like I just, I don't, 
I, I just don't get it. Right. So we'll, we'll touch on that when we get into the defensive portion of this, but I thought Baltimore dominated, right. They, they did exactly what I thought they would do because I do believe that they're the better football team. I still believe they're the better football team. I really do believe that Miami is they've looked okay and they've got some wins, right? But that first one against the Patriots, the Patriots have not looked good against anybody yet. So you can't take anything from that. Right. And then Baltimore was handing it to you and then classic NFL. You, they tried to scale it back, just prevent, prevent, prevent after Hills touchdowns, the safety's looking at the cornerback. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, what are you doing? And Hills running 15 yards downfield by himself. That that's not going to happen with this team. It's not going to happen with the Buffalo Bills. I, I, I would lay everything on that, that the, we are not going to be in that situation. We, for one, it's a division game. For two, uh, I look at this stuff. I know a lot of you guys may not or whatever, but I do kind of go back and look at all this stuff that Tua last week, he completed a lot of balls over 20 yards for touchdowns and or completions. But in week one against the division foe Patriots who have seen him now for a few seasons, he completed like two passes over 20 yards and none of them were for touchdowns. You know, so it's, it's one of those things where the division definitely, definitely played into, is going to play into it for us this week. I believe, I I mean, we've dominated this team. I get a hundred percent that it's a different coach, right? But this is still pretty basic, the same roster. They've got Hill and they've added Edmonds and and they've got some pieces on that side and what, and they've got Melvin Ingram, who's a great player. He's banged up. Um, I'll cover their injury report real quick because they do have some, you know, guys that are pretty banged up that are of importance. I would say Um, their left tackle hasn't been practicing. Um, Now I've read some stuff from some of the, other folks that cover the Dolphins and they say this is perfectly normal for him. Um, he doesn't necessarily need to get in these reps to be ready to go on Sunday, but <laughs> uh, we'll see what Von Miller and the Bills defense events have to say about that. But I, I so that's a concern for them. I would have to say uh, they got a couple tight ends that are not practicing, whatever. I personally, I, I their tight ends don't scare me in any regard whatsoever. Um, I think our, I think Milano is more than capable of shutting down Gasecki and anybody else that they roll out there at this point, um, especially as little as he's in the offense. Um, but so some guys that got in limited today, um, Raquan Davis, um, he was actually downgraded, but he did get in a limited practice today. The big one I think everybody's paying attention to really is the Xavion Howard one. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league when healthy. Um, <laughs> again, Lamar threw for 318 yards last week. And I understand that some of that took place after he was out, but I just, the, the rest of the defense feels vulnerable to me as far as the quarterback room goes for these guys. But let's go ahead and, and start to kind of dive into it a little bit. I appreciate all you guys that are listening in chiming in the chat. Uh, you guys can see it rolling across the bottom of the screen there. Make sure you're dropping your score predictions in there. I'm going to go ahead and uh, give my score prediction at the end of the game here. Or at the end of the game, the end of the show here. But I want to go ahead. And... For me, this is simple. It's up to our offensive line to just continue to be good. Um, the Dolphins actually are are pretty good at pressure. Right, their their front has been getting a lot of pressure. Um, their conversion rate is not very good. So they get there and they cause havoc, but they're not necessarily getting to the quarterback. And they haven't really. I mean, they've played against Lamar, who's going to escape and run. And then they've played against Mac Jones, who's just not going to move at all. 
right? So I, I think that it's one of those things where it's you're going to see our offensive line is just going to have to command this game because if Xavier and Howard, like I think most of you that have been watching, we've been moving digs all over the place, right? I don't think this is going to be just a, unless Xavion is going to follow him everywhere. And if he's going to try to do that, I Diggs is going to win. That's where I stand on, but it all boils down to the offensive line. Josh has looked so good so far this season. He hasn't been really harassed too much. A couple questionable plays maybe in the game the other night that he would probably want back. But the offensive line just needs to stay super productive this week and not allow that pressure to convert, right? It's fine if they want to get pressure around him. A lot of pressure around Josh is beneficial to us because he's going to get out. And when he gets out, he's beautiful on the run, right? He's really, really good on the run. Jessica, Josh, get out. He run all day. And he's really good at throwing on the run. Uh, Prime example, and not even really on the run, but... The, the first touchdown to Diggs, where you could see the play was clearly supposed to go to the left. He went that way, couldn't get it, couldn't get it, came back. I mean, just an ungodly throw into a, a tiny little window. I mean, it was incredible. Um, but that's that's what he's very good at when you get him out and about, right? So th- the pressure and just giving him at least the moments. I, I you If you've been listening to some of his stuff, he's actually um, come out and said that they've been getting pressure. Right. But that's the key. You get it out. You just get it out quick. Um, I think if they want to try to just play a little stop and go stuff with us, that they're going to get themselves in a lot of trouble. Um, I think that if, if it's not even digs necessarily moving around, because if you get digs in the slot against the, the, the nickel cornerback from that, no chance, they don't stand a chance. McKenzie is could eat in there. Um, I, I just, I, I think that the dolphins that la- that game last week, we just, we kind of have to throw that out the window minus the first half because if if we play like we did in the first half and then we play like we have been the past two second halves that there's there's just we have a kill switch and i think i saw somebody drop it in the chat here before that the ravens took their foot off the gas we we don't really have that we don't take our foot off the gas and the reason we don't take our foot off the gas is because we don't really have a true run game Right. So there's no reason to take your foot off the gas because you got to pass. You got to pass. You got to keep going. Right. So I, I think that's one of the things. And this is an interesting uh, uh, point here. Uh, is it Darlinda Staples? I hope I didn't pronounce that wrong. Uh, I think you should throw to the running backs. So I wanted to touch on this a little bit. It's it's not necessarily the running backs, but I, I do have written down here involved the tight ends and the running backs, because I think you saw that we were very comfortable on Monday night rolling Quentin Morris and Gilliam out, right? And and they look good. They're bigger bodies. They're athletic. Um, I If Gabe Davis can't go, right? Like, I mean, we might have to realistically think this way. Like the Gabe Davis might not be able to go. Um, then I think we're okay because I still like our size and our speed with our tight ends in, in, in that role, in that position. And, and I think if Gabe is ready to go, he will be out there. And, and I kind of mentioned this early, even if it's just in a kind of a decoy status, you know, to the point where, you just have him out there to make sure that potentially we're going to find ourselves that they're going to eventually just kind of, okay, he's out there. So they'll, they'll, they'll match up normal until they see we're not really utilizing him. And then when they see that we're not really utilizing him, then they'll realize that we're not. And then that's the moment we're going to strike, right? That, that, that would kind of be where I'm at with it for him. Um, but for me, that's just, I hope he's there, but again, I like the, 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 the comment mentioned the running backs. Uh, I think Singletary, James Cook. You can see they're really trying to get him more involved, even though it's 
they're testing the waters, right? If he starts making splash plays, he'll continue to be out there. But right now we're just kind of testing those waters, I think, because we have so many other good guys, right? Like you're going to have to sit, you're sitting Singletary when you do this, you're sitting, you know, Moss at this point, you know? So it's, it's one of those things that I think is just, he's going to develop and he'll get his way in there. But for me, I, I think that this week we're perfectly fine. If Davis isn't there, I mean, if Lamar Jackson can put up 318 yards against this Dolphins defense, I, I see no reason that Josh Allen cannot do the same, minus that this is a division game, so it might play a little tighter, right? But I, I still am not going to go that way yet. Uh, one stat that I did hear today that I thought was pretty cool, and um, I normally know a lot of these stats, which I thought was very awesome, that is that the Bills have now scored on the opening drive, a touchdown on the opening drive for what makes – that's going to be seven straight games we just had. So we'd be, we'd be moving towards another one uh, this week. And so that speaks very much to how good the offense is playing right now. Let's see what we got here. We got Mike Hartle joins the show. Bill's offense adding 10 points more each week. Last two opponents combined score 17. So I'm thinking Bill's 51, 17 fish. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, the defense is just right now they're, they're averaging, they're giving up 8.5 yards, 8.5 points a game. Right. So you you look at this 42 points that the Dolphins put up last week. And to me, it's just it's it's suspect. Right. I I, I get it and I watched it and I saw it happen. Right. And I, and I got it's like that, that to me, it was just epic failure on Baltimore. Not that the Dolphins did anything exceptional, I guess, is probably the best way to say it. Right. Like they completed the plays and they made it happen. Sure. I, I'll give them that but it wasn't exceptional to me. Right. So offensively, I just want to see more of the same offensive line. Just keep them upright and, and we'll have no issue whatsoever because Howard's banged up. It's a groin. That could be a first quarter thing. First time he tries to move with digs and it's done and it's over and he's back out of the game. Right. So just more of the same, more of the same again this week. So you, I, I pretty much, I think I've kind of mentioned a little bit of what I'm anticipating and hoping to see from this defense this week. Right. And, and I think this is it. Thank you, Darlinda, for uh, stopping by tonight because uh, this was beautiful. Nice little segue for me. The Bills D is not like Baltimore. And this is an interesting thing, right? Because normally in the past, I think most people would think of Baltimore, right. And they would think of defense, right. But um, it just, when, when your safety and your cornerback are not on the same page, when you know that all they're going to do is try to score points on you, uh, it, it, it's just to me, we're not that team, right? I, I don't believe that we're, we're that team. Even if you take Micah Hyde out of this, I don't think that we're that team, right? hundred percent. But the keys for me this week on this defensive side of the ball, and it's going to depend on those gentlemen in the middle that we touched on on that, on that, uh, injury report is if we get settled and Oliver back, um, you know, if, if Phillips is able to go our rush this week against a set, I think they're a pretty poor, I mean, not super poor, but I think they're a fairly poor offensive line, especially if their left tackle is, is dinged up and he's got a toe. That's one of those things you get Vaughn Miller pushing him around. He might not last very long. So for me, this defensive front again, this is, I've said this, I think, every week so far because, to me, this is the more, most important piece of the Buffalo Bills defense this year is we have to be in people's laps within three seconds, right? There's got to be disruption within three seconds. If we get that disruption within three seconds, which I mentioned that the Dolphins are – they're coming in – their rush rate right now is 29%, but they're only converting at 
The Bills rush rate right now is 31% with a conversion of 26%. So when we are there and we are on him, we are converting with 26% of the time with sacks. That's incredible. So Tua, we all know he does not have a big arm. And if you don't want to disagree with me, drop it in the chat. Absolutely, please do, because I'm going to call you out. We're going to go out because this dude does not have an arm. If you watch him throw a deep ball, it takes his entire body to cork around. Another reason that we just need to be in front of him. You don't want him moving around. You want him to try to throw the football with his arm. If he throws the football with his arm, we are going to be all over him. And we will get interceptions no matter who is out there. Because, yes, I understand it. Waddle and Hill, they're fast. But we've seen these guys. We, we've played against Hill. We know what he likes to do. We've played against Waddle. Yes, it's a new offense. This is going to be a shell. We're going to make Tua work all day. Rush with four. Let the rest of the guys sit back. I don't know if you guys have been looking at a lot of the numbers. We've been in, we've been in the friggin' zone for 80 plus percent. It's like 85 plus percent in the first two games in a zone. And we went up against Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. And then we just went up against nobodies. And we still sat in the zone, right? Because this pass rush is proving to be very, very good early. So I think that this is, what, oh, yeah, I like this one. Two is a lefty, so Groot will get four sacks from the blind side. This is interesting um, that you brought that up because I don't know if you guys saw that Vaughn said he's actually never played against a left-handed quarterback. Uh, he was on the, the Broncos, Vic, but he didn't actually play in that game. So interestingly enough, Vaughn might be like the key this week. Uh, they, I thought that Tennessee did a little better job of containing him, um, obviously, than the Rams did. Um, but he had so much knowledge of the Rams. It, it's not surprising to see that come out. But this is 100% about the pressure with only a four-man rush. This team has not been running the ball well. I think we have a definite advantage the way we've been stuffing the ball. We've gone up against better running backs and better running games, I think, or perceived running games. The Rams, I think, are a perceived good running game. And obviously, Derrick Henry is supposedly one of the best, which it hasn't looked that way this year. Um, but besides that, it's the four-man rush. You play the shell, you make him work, and you tackle. That, this, is, this does not have to be anything incredible this week. It will be a grind. I really do think that this is going to be a grind. See, we're going we're gonna to hit on this one right here. So what if our two safeties don't play? Are we limited? I mean, obviously, if you're going to lose both all pros, you're limited. I think Poyer is just rest day stuff. I think he's going to be out there. I mean, also on top of that, he's, he's hitting these incentives that we were paying him. Right? He's got two interceptions through two games. So I think you're just you're truly monitoring Poyer. I think he's fine. Um, this thing with the hide is really going to be a lingering issue. I have a concern with this, um, and, and we'll see what happens with it. But I, I'm, I'm concerned about the hide thing. The, the second opinion, and then he wasn't seen at practice at all today, which means to me he was probably out getting that second opinion. And the, the second opinion is supposedly coming from out of state. Um, so, And I, I read a little earlier that, in fact, when he was with Green Bay way back five years ago or way back when he played with Green Bay, he actually had a neck injury. Um, in the, and so this, this is an interesting piece of this. But Johnson, I think, has been around this defense long enough that he understands what he's supposed to do. Right. And we're also going to protect him with the shell and and our linebackers look very. I mean, I, I do want to hit on this, actually, because that Tremaine Edmonds blitz with the sack last week, just blowing it up like 
I'm so happy for him because I bagged him. Tons of people have bagged him. I just, that is all I've been looking for, man. The splash play, the big play. That was a field changing moment, right? He took them out of scoring position alone by himself in that moment. I think he got a tip on the ball early on the, the interception too. I think there was the one later in the game that deflected off a couple guys. I think he was the first hand on the ball, but I, I, to me, that is like, that's one of those things where this is what I've been waiting for out of him. He's making splash plays. He's excelling again this year. He's been good. He's been great, but this kid is truly showing us now that he is, he's excelling and man, it's been great. Uh, Daniel, thanks a little update here. I didn't see this one that he was there, but he didn't practice today. Yeah. I mean, I mean, by all accounts, I think you imagine like we're going to find out by Friday and we'll hear something, but he's also a player that you could say he doesn't need to practice necessarily. Right. He's doing the walkthroughs. This is a division game. He knows, he knows what this team's doing. He knows what this defense does. Uh, You know, so this isn't necessarily another player that you have to see out there practicing every single week, every single practice. Um, So that'll be curious to see what happens with him. But ultimately, if you're going to play that shell, you got to tackle. Right. And Christian Benford, I mean, this kid looks legit tackling in the backfield. I and I know that everybody and their brother is going to talk up about Hill and Waddle against possibly Elam and possibly Benford. But Elam, he took some strides last week. You know, he he's definitely going to he's going to have to work. And if he gets Hill on him, there's going to be some interesting points in this game. For sure, if it is just those two folks out there and we're minus a hide. Um we're going to see a probably a, a completely kind of different game plan if that's the case. But I think these two young guys are ready for this. And if, even if they're not, we need them to be right. The, the, the point of them being drafted by us and the point of them being part of the Buffalo bills is we need them to be able to step up in this moment. And this is going to be their lives. They're going to be the Buffalo Bills two games a year against the Miami Dolphins. They know everything about you. You know everything about them. It comes down to just pure grit and a couple big plays. I mean, I, I think that's what typically ha- we've seen some blowouts in these and we've you know seen some things have happened like that. But typically it is grit and just go and you got to stay in the moment, which I mentioned that last week about the home opener in front of the Monday night game. We stayed in the moment. Oh. This game's going to be hyped, right? It's the first opportunity for either one of these teams to take their spot atop the AFC East. Because I think everybody in this room, everybody listening at this point would say that it's coming down to Miami and Buffalo. Um, I don't, yes, the Jets have a win. Yes, but they're playing lower quality opponents who, who know. But either way, I don't think that they're going to be there when it's all said and done. So this is super important. This is your first opportunity, especially since we're not going to play this team again until almost the, what is it? It's the second last week of the game of the season. It's not even set yet, right? It's a TBD, which means that they're anticipating possible flex that this could be an interesting game. So this is going to get hyped up as the undefeated coming in against Miami. Miami's coming off a monster game, but (laughs) I guess just, Josh Allen's games are not monster anymore when you put up, you know, four touchdowns or whatever, and you don't play a quarter, but Hey, <laughs> you know, like, I guess we're just spoiled now that he's so friggin' awesome, but I, I still feel, and I, I did this last week, right? I, I called the, the massacre against 
against the, the, the Titans. And I've seen some big numbers in here. Um, I think I said Jessica in here. She's at 48-17. I got a 34-14. Uh, yeah, I think that there's uh, – for me this week, I'm, I'm, it's tough to do it on Thursday, right, because we don't necessarily know. But I have it 35-21 bills. Um, I think we get another double-digit double victory. Um, and that we, you know, we continue that trend because that is a trend too, that we've been winning by double digits every game that we've won, like the past, it's like 20 something now or whatever we've won by double digits, regular season games. That is. Um, so I, I think that it's really going to be one of those things that offensively we should be more than enough, right? It's going to be a, interesting to see if it turns into a shootout, right? I think that's what everybody's going to kind of think if you're looking at the scores and stuff is you're going to say, oh, this game's going to turn into a shootout. I just, I don't see that. Uh, I mean, this, the Dolphins were shut down for the first half in that game. They, they came back against a prevent defense that was playing like crap and made big mistakes against one of the two of the fastest guys in the league. I mean, like, but besides that, if you look at Tua up against the Patriots, that aligns more with what I believe he can do against the Buffalo Bills. And that was more like, you know, a couple touchdowns, was it three touchdowns, two interceptions? That more feels more like what he is capable of doing up against us. I don't think that he is enough to kind of really take us past that point. I mean, I think that we, we have a lot of the offensively pass game. I would still put it in our favor, even if we're short, um, just because of the man that's at quarterback. If this does come down to a shootout, who are you going to put your money on? Because I know my money's going on Josh Allen. Right. And I do believe that this team is going to show its depth. We're going to get the guy necessary guys back on that defensive front to continue the pressure. The back end is going to get its true first, first true test. Right. But remember, this is Elam going back to Florida. Right. He played his college ball there. Maybe this is his best game yet. First pick of the season. I mean, like. You never know. Right. So I got a 35, 21 Buffalo. Um, I, I just, I feel like this is very much in our wheelhouse to go down there and just continue to be good, be good at what we do. The offensive line for us is good. So until our offense is losing and showing me that we can't compete, I don't think that we have to worry about the injuries on that side of the ball. And we're okay to just continue to move our way forward and reach three and oh, and then get ready to go and beat the piss out of Baltimore. Because uh, that's the next game after that, right? So we're, we're kind of in this situation now, right? Where it's, we're going to play the team that just took down Baltimore. So we want to beat them. And then we're going to look foolish if we don't knock out the team that just beat them. So, I mean, this, this, is a, this is a big swing. I mean, we talked about the first seven games all leading up to the season. This is an important stretch for us. I think that we go out and we get another victory this week, 35-21 in Miami. We squish the fish just like we're supposed to. We should. And we move on to the next round into Baltimore. And then we go into the next and we get into Pittsburgh. So tonight, uh, for those of you that are probably uh, already tuned in, we're a little bit into the game already. Uh, I think we got Baltimore Pittsburgh tonight. It's a good game to watch. We're going to get a look at both of these teams this year. We play both of them very soon, right there. I think we play them almost back to back, right? Um, so it's coming up real soon. So we'll go over there and check those guys out. And uh, obviously it is squish the fish week. Thank you again, everybody uh, that's joined the show this week. I'm going to go ahead and uh, cut it out this week. We have uh, gone a little bit past that 30 minutes we normally like to try to do, but there's just too much to hit on this week. This game has got a lot of stuff that's going to be pushing it all the way up uh, into hopefully 
I think a lot of people out there in the national media see that the Buffalo Bills are still just the better football team. I don't disagree. And I don't think most people in this room and those at home listening or on their ride to work listening are going to agree with us, right? So appreciate all you guys for joining the show again this week, for hanging out with me each and every week. Please make sure that you guys are following me, uh, you know, on Twitter at Colt, at Colt underscore Schroeder or following the show, uh, you know, the Buffalo nerd. And of course you guys can find me anywhere else. Shoot me a message, DM me, whatever you guys are up to. If you got questions, things you want to talk about on the show, um, you know, obviously I enjoy hanging out with you guys every week and Really love uh, everybody joining in and chiming in and everything like that. If you guys do have an opportunity, please go over there and check out CPARF. That's C-P-A-R-F dot org. And that's for the Cerebral Palsy Alliance. Uh, great organization. Do a lot of cool stuff over there. So if you can, uh, you know, please go over there and check them out. You know, it's one of those things that I think um, is absolutely important. Um, and, you know, if you can do it, please do it because uh, it makes me happy. Makes everybody over there happy. And of course, go Bills. Make sure you leave a review and subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. Leg out. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.